Hey you guys, this is the Peace of My Mind podcast, P-E-A-C-E, and I am Cynthia Beaudry, and I'm so honored that you are here with me today. I just wanted to say that I'm praying for you. Listen, I pray over what I share here. My goal and my heart is to share the peace of God. The peace of God guards our minds and our hearts in Christ Jesus, and hopefully when I share a piece of my mind and my story, that you hear His heart for you and you are encouraged. Today, I wanted to have a conversation with you guys about fear. After I did my last podcast, I was praying and asking the Lord what He wanted to talk to me about for this episode. You see, when I stay, when I share here, this is a personal podcast, so I share from the work that He has done in me, that He is doing in me. I'm sharing what He's talking to me, speaking to me. This is a personal podcast. And so when He said, the Lord told me, when He told me, He was like, I want you to talk about fear, I was confused. <laughs> Because in my mind, in my opinion, fear is not something that I, I think I struggle with. I mean, I grew up on the streets of the New York in the Bronx unsupervised. <laughs> I'm not a timid person. And also confession. I used to be a huge horror film addict. And if you listen to my episodes on the occult, you've heard, you know that I've had real encounters with evil. And I have had also very present help in those encounters from the Holy Spirit to move in greater power to deliver me from that darkness. And now... I have the authority to walk in that that he's given to me. And so fear, in my opinion, is not a, a struggle of mine. <laughs> so a few weeks ago, I heard the when I heard the word fear, I was really confused. I was like, really, Lord, fear? That's not my thing. But okay, I guess we can talk about that. <laughs> Obviously, he knows better, right? <laughs> but then I felt impressed upon my heart that it is not just the frightened at the things that go bump in the night type fear. Although that is a part of it too, absolutely. And that is a legitimate part of fear. But there's also different types of fear. There's relational fear. And when the Lord began to unpack this with me, I was like, oh, okay, hold on. I'm listening, Lord. Fear and distrust in relationship with the Lord most high and with other people. Fear of rejection and abandonment. Fear of the future and the lack of provision. I mean, that's real. Fear of loss. After we've suffered loss, we're afraid we're going to lose again. There's a, a fear that leads to anxiety and an irrational caution. You know, and I'm also talking about the fear that keeps you from making decisions from commitment, where you're so paralyzed in making the wrong decision. But the ironic thing is that you get robbed of your life because of your non decision. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm talking about? Or how about the fear that's hiding behind anger? where you rage against perceived oppressors. Why? Because you fear being oppressed again. That's real. You guys, I broke my foot in September. And when I walked down the stairs at the exact same step that I fell at, you best believe that I'm afraid to tread there. So when God said, there's different types of fear, we're going to talk about fear. I was like, oh, I guess maybe I do struggle with fear. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so that's what we're going to talk about today, because maybe you do too. Tell me if any of this sounds familiar to you. I think there's questions that we ask ourselves and we don't realize that at the root of those questions is fear. For instance, who will love me? I'm afraid of being alone. Where do I belong? I'm afraid that I won't have community and connection and my needs won't go met. How will I survive? I'm afraid that I will suffer lack. Who am I? I'm afraid that I will never reach my potential. And right now, we are dealing with a very real epidemic. And there's so many variables and so many unknowns in this, and it's triggering fears, and fears are, are heightened right now. And so I know God wants to address this in us. I heard a term the other day called fear porn. <laughs> 
You know, people are getting afraid of civil liberties being taken away. People are afraid of the Antichrist getting sick. So I know that this is something that the Lord wants to, to deal with in His children. I don't know if I've said it before, but emotions are indicators and should not be dictators. That's one of my favorite sayings. Emotions are indicators and should not be dictators. Has fear become a dictator to you right now? How do you keep from allowing it to become a dictator in your life? So how do we navigate this season where where we're presented with a very real illness and we're going to experience long-lasting changes to the way we live our lives? And, And so there's fear. And I'm asking these questions because I want you to know that you're not alone in your fears, that you're not crazy, that you're not weak for experiencing it, that you are seen, that you are heard. And I'm also here to offer good news. I love the simple definition of the gospel is good news. The gospel is good news. And right now we're inundated with bad news, (laughs) with fear porn. (laughs) And, And church, you guys, the world needs us right now. The world needs good news. And the good news is that Jesus didn't die for us to be in bondage to fear. That we can live and love well, even in crisis. That we have authority that we can be resilient. The good news is that we can find power, love, and soundness of mind in Christ right now when we need it most. I came to the Lord because there are pleasures forevermore found in Him. I mean peace, not as the world gives, but peace that passes everything our minds can even understand. And life, not just eternal, but abundant here and now. Power and authority and identity. Listen, we got a good deal when we came to the Lord. He didn't die for us to be allowing fear to dictate and rob us. I've heard many preachers say that God says, do not fear 365 times in the Bible, one for each day that you live. And man, when I heard that, I was like, wow, that's beautiful. The beautiful irony in that. But something in me was like, hold up, fact check this. Nowadays, (laughs) every time I hear something, um, my brain automatically says, fact check, hold up, be right back. Let me see if this is true. (laughs) Because it sounds good in preaching theory. But what I found was God says, do not fear 103 times. At least it's in the King James. Count it in yours and tell me how many times he says do not fear in your translation. But it's not 365. I wish it did. That would be the perfect icing on the sermon cake, which is obviously why people have preached it. But I did hear another preacher say something that I like even better. Tim Delana from Times Square Church. He said, God only has to say it once to mean it. Do not fear. That'll preach. Yes and amen. God said don't fear. So don't fear. Stop. Fear not, Christian soldier, onward. (laughs) Why are we still here? Go, bye. (laughs) I wish there was a quick fix, magic finger snap, five simple steps to distinguishing fear of your life. I wish there was, and I could just stand here and just tell it to you, and and you could just walk away from this all completely shiny, happy, and new. And yes, you know what? God can deliver us from sin, anxiety, and strongholds, and sickness in an instance. We see this repeatedly in the scriptures, and I've seen it in my own life. And I also know that Jesus dying on the cross and that work being applied to our fear can also be a supernatural partnership and a process. With that said, you guys know that I love giving practical examples and exhortations to share spiritual realities with you. So I want to encourage you with how the Lord has personally helped me in moving from fear to faith, from anxiety to peaceful resoluteness, from torment to perfected love. And here's where in the Bible I I find encouragement from. Go with me to Exodus 33, starting at verse 7. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. As Moses went in, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance. 
While the Lord spoke with Moses, he would speak to him face to face as one speaks with a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Now go with me to Numbers chapter 13, and to give you a backdrop of what's going on in these texts, the Israelites were in slavery in Egypt. God called them out of slavery and tells them, leave Egypt and go to a land of promise where they would be their own nation and people set apart for him. So what Moses does in in Numbers 13 is he sends out a group of men to explore the land that God promised them because come to find out the land was already occupied. Can you imagine? (laughs) You'd be like, did we hear right, Lord? (laughs) You're coming up to this place and there's people already living in there. (laughs) So Moses sends out a group of men to get all the deeds of what they're coming up against. When Moses sent them to explore Canaan, he says, go up to the Negev, go to the hill country, see what the land is like, whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. What kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they unwalled or fortified? How is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are there trees in it or not? And at the end of 40 days, the men returned from exploring the land. The group of men come back and they report. They said, we went into the land which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. But the people who live there are powerful and their cities are fortified and very large. And they go on to name and describe all these powerful tribes of giants who were occupying the land. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and he said, we should go up and take possession of the land. We can certainly do it. But the men who had gone with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And what they did was begin to spread among them a bad report about the land they explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw giants there and we seem like grasshoppers compared to them. That night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? So basically, here we have the Israelites that are allowing a negative report, allowing the details of what they see and hear to determine their destiny. It sounds like they're allowing fear to determine and be dictators of their fate. (laughs) That's what I see in the scriptures. Then Moses and Aaron fell down. But Joshua, son of Nun and Caleb, who were among those who had explored the land, they tore their clothes and said to the entire community, The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and he will give it to us. Do not rebel against the Lord. Do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will devour them. Their protection is gone but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Do not be afraid. This is what Caleb and Joshua reported when everybody else was bringing a doom and gloom message. And remember, who was the one that stayed around in the tent of meeting when everybody else left? Joshua. And then here we are today. Who was the one of the two men who was responding in faith when the people were responding in fear? Joshua. And listen, you guys, don't let fear rob you of the opportunity to step into what God has for you. Chapter 14, God says, not one of you will enter the land that I swore to make your home, except Caleb and Joshua. The people with a fear report would not make it in, you guys. I'm convinced 
that Joshua and Caleb's faith in that moment had a lot to do with how they encountered God in the tent and in the wilderness previously. The more time you spend with God, the more you trust. This is true in my own life. Not only not only do I read about it in the scriptures, but it's manifested true for me. The more I've secluded myself into the secret place and related to the one true living God, the more I've been able to fall into more trust with him. And trust breeds faith. And faith brings victory when fear robs us of it. When you see the giants in the land, and we certainly are facing one today, I want you to be able to respond with a faith report. And like I said, I know for some of you, this isn't easy. There's distrust in your heart for whatever reason Satan has accused God's character to you. He's put seeds of doubt for depending on God. You've had experiences in your past that trigger fear today. I don't know the direct and specific cause of traumas and dramas of why you have fear, but I do know that there are very many real giants in your life. I hear about them. The fear that you'll be single forever, the fear of the diagnosis being worse than you expect, the fear for your children and the destructive choices you watch them make. Maybe you fear for your finances. These are real giants. COVID is testing your trust in God right now. Maybe you fear COVID. COVID is a giant. But right now, do this in your heart. This is something that has helped me. Give him one small thing. Ask him to show you one small step to take where you can step out in faith. Look, all you need is one small mustard seed of faith. It's tiny. He can work with what you give him. Just give it to him. Be like Joshua. Linger around in his presence and don't be so quick to dismiss and disengage because of what you see in the natural. We're seeing with natural eyes. We have to look with a supernatural heart of hope. Listen, what I want to do right now is I want to read some scriptures over us. And as I read them, if there is one that sticks out to you, when we end this conversation, would you go in your Bible and read it for yourself? Write it out in an, in an index card, tape it to your bathroom mirror, pray over it. Because for me, when the, the thing that has helped me the most is the word of God to combat fear is to get to know him. And to get to know him, we do that through the word of God. So when fear grips my heart, if I'm armed with a promise of God and I and I know what he said, I can believe it. I can rest in that. I can trust in that. The promises of God are yes and amen. And they are for us in the fight for fear and to move in deeper faith and trust in him. So I'm going to read these scriptures over you. Just take a moment to allow the word to wash over your heart right now. As I read these scriptures over us, I'm also proclaiming the word to the giants in our land and in our personal lives. I'm, I'm proclaiming a faith report. You know, David, when he was faced with the giant Goliath, he said to him, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And so as I speak these and read these scriptures over us, I'm proclaiming a faith report, not only to us, but I'm proclaiming a faith report to those giants that are standing in your life. Psalm 27, three says, though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. John 14, verse 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives, do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Isaiah 35, 4. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong. Do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance. With divine retribution, He will come to save you. Matthew six thirty four. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, 
for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Isaiah 43:1. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Psalm 23, 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Psalm 34, 4. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all of my fears. Psalm 94, 19. When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, neither anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Psalm 27, 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you. 2 Timothy 1, 7. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Psalm 115, verse 11. You who fear him, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Deuteronomy 31, 6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Psalm 56, 3 and 4. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust and am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Isaiah 41, 10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. 1 John 4, 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made in perfect love. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. I hope that you've been encouraged today. I hope that you were able to at least take one of those scriptures to put it into your faith arsenal. I'm praying for you. Pray for me. Thank you for allowing me to share a piece of my mind on fear today with you. And I am praying that we would have faith reports in this week to come. Until next time, God bless you.